Fat Pratt. But if you look at it globally, it's the same thing. They all want to improve their quality of life and they all want to increase their confidence. It's really interesting to see that in different ways of a 70-year-old woman working out consistently and saying like, I'm having fun at the gym. That's never happened before. And then on the complete other end of the spectrum, watching a woman step on stage at a bikini show and just watch, watching them light up as they're performing on stage and winning competitions. Like totally different uh, scenarios in both of those. But what they just told me was the same thing. Like, thank you for helping us improve our confidence and quality of life. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fat Pratt Chat. I am your host, John, and today we're gonna be talking about building confidence and quality of life. So as James just mentioned, we get people from all walks of life in our business. For those of you who don't know, we're Pratt Performance Systems, a gym in Martinsville, New Jersey, Central Jersey. It's a little bit of a debate if uh, Central Jersey exists, but we're in it, so we're going to call it Central Jersey. So building confidence and quality of life, it's actually our mission statement. If you didn't know that, that's literally our mission statement for our members. We want to improve confidence and quality of life in every single one of our members. So how do we do that? Well, it's basically, it comes down to the product that we offer. And we're gonna talk extensively today about some scenarios of how we've built confidence and quality of life and how what we do facilitates that for you. Everybody has different goals and ability levels, pain history, um, different biases in the gym. So we factor all these things together to try to get people to their goals. And what we realize is that really the underlying thing that people wanted was confidence and quality of life. So that's really why that became our mission statement. And let me just say, like, absolutely sincerely, completely not exaggerating here, that's the one thing that really gets us going as a staff is when we see that happening in somebody's life. When we see people who come to us, you know, we meet people in all walks of life coming from all different areas. And a lot of times they're at a low point in their life. And that's why they're looking to make a change and come to a gym. Not always, but a lot of times that happens. Um, so when we see these people kind of uh, make improvements uh, in their health and their fitness and get better and feel better and become more confident, man, it's crazy rewarding. And it's awesome to be a part of that. And everybody on the staff will agree. And we touch a little bit on our athlete training. Um, and man, that is so cool to see those kids and potentially change their lives. You know, they're at, a, at an age, you know, our high school athlete program where we have a heavy influence on those kids and the way we treat them in our sessions. And we've seen it happen so many times. You get a kid that comes in that's shy, that's scared, that you know, just the way they present themselves even shows that they're extremely timid and not confident. And then even just a couple weeks into the program, when they feel a little better and when they've gotten just a little stronger, they just present themselves differently. They stand taller. It's crazy. They talk louder. Um, it's 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 really nuts. And if I if I keep going, I promise I'm not an emotional guy. But if I keep going, I'm gonna think of scenarios and I'm gonna start to cry on this podcast. So let's leave it at that. Um, we're gonna talk today about confidence and quality of life in all of our members and how we help make that happen. You done eating or what? You're just going to eat the whole podcast? I had a, a friendly delivery of a quesadilla, a portion of it. I have a friendly delivery of a protein brownie. You get a lot of friendly deliveries. Mm. How do you yeah. work that into your diet? This is not the topic of today, so we can't get too derailed here. In a perfect world, I'll eat less later when I know I splurge during the day. 
um, like any other day. It's like I'm just my investments are coming a little bit earlier than usual. And again, generally speaking, the worst that I eat, and by worst, let's consider that when I eat the most calories in the shortest amount of time is when I'm right here at work. Every time I'm home, turkey burger, chicken, whatever stereotypically is good to eat, protein sources, I eat vegetables when I'm home, I even drink water before I go to bed. You know what's crazy? I have an inverse relationship with this. And you know why? Because James comes and steals all my snacks while I'm at work. So he, he takes my calories, so I can't have enough calories. So later in the evening, I have to eat a whole bunch of calories. And they've gotten better at hiding their snacks. Yeah, we have a lot more hiding places. I've been tipped off that that there's uh, everyone's hiding snacks now. But apparently yeah. not from Kyle because I had a bunch of my food stolen last week by Kyle. But that's okay. When James still steals food, it's a big deal. When Kyle does, no well, big deal. Well, it's just because you do it so much. But to be fair, we have an unwritten rule that if food is out in the open, it is fair game to anybody. Even if it's not open, like if it's a bag of chips not open, you can go open those and just start eating them. You can eat the whole bag and like nobody's allowed to get mad at you. But yeah. secretly we get a little bit mad. It's fair. It's totally fair. Yeah, we all talked about it. We agreed. <clears throat> and the right. reason that we do that is because when we eat good. I see. You're trying to segue. <laughs> I was going to try to segue, and I was like, there's no way to segue we're, this. We're trying to improve our quality of life. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. <laughs> perfect, unplanned segue. Uh, yeah, episode 16. It's going to be about confidence and quality of life. It's written on the banners upstairs. Um so I just have a simple question. We're going to move pretty quick over this is what made you choose those two qualities, if you will, uh, above other things to put on our banners, to put on our um, mission statement? Yeah. So in trying to determine a mission statement, we were talking about this when we were trying to develop one. I wanted to have something that spoke to everybody. So there are so many good athlete performance mission statements. Uh, trying to get more explosive and stronger, better condition, all that good stuff. From an adult, it's, you know, fat loss, get stronger, feel healthier, all that good stuff. And But, like, what actually encompasses everything from everyone that walks in the building, whether they're a 13-year-old athlete or an 80-year-old adult? And I think at some point in trying to figure out, I'm trying to think of, like, what is, like, the one common denominator for everybody every time they come in here? It's like everybody wants to improve their confidence in whatever it is that they're doing, um, whether it's, you know, get more confident. So um, I feel more comfortable on the field when I'm performing or whether it's like feel more confident in my body, look better, uh, feel more confident to perform activities that I usually don't think I can perform um, like that. There's just it's such a universal term and it's almost seems like in conversations with every single member or athlete they all relate back to having confidence. Well, and that being the primary reason why they come here. I want to get more confident in my own skin, on the athletic field, performing uh, this Ironman, being in a bikini show, uh, at my powerlifting meet. Whatever the, the situation is, they want to get more confident and they want to improve their quality of life. And I think one kind of leads to the other in a large degree. And that in improving confidence in each individual the quality of their life does improve as a side effect of that. Nice. I, I mean, we've seen it a lot, and it's awesome. Um, confidence really gets us going as a staff. Like when we can see that, we can sense that before somebody even tells us that. Especially with the athletes, which is really cool. You almost see them come out of their skin a little bit. Their personality opens up, and like they start performing better in the field. And um, there's a bit of a snowball effect. Would you agree that like once somebody gets a little bit of that confidence, 
they're a little more hooked. They're, they're more likely to continue um, the habits that created that confidence, which leads to more confidence. And um, if we're talking about athletes, like performance on the field really starts to stand out. And then the kid starts, you know, uh, just conducting himself or herself a lot better on the field, putting more effort into their training sessions. And then it all just keeps coming back to building more confidence. And then later down the line uh, with our athletes, they're pretty young, but later down the line, they're going to have some pretty good quality of life with the type of training that we've done with them and kind of instilling that. And they're going to bring that into the, um, the college setting, into their adult life, most likely. And then with adults, too, I can think of one member specifically. We could probably have a whole show about talking about members that built yeah. confidence here. But over COVID, a lot of people lost that. Um, a lot of people were home, not seeing too many people. They, their eating habits were changed. Their working out habits were completely off. And then they would come to us, and we were seeing them at kind of a low point. We didn't know these people before then. Um, but then we would see confidence develop. I'm thinking one guy in particular, like, hey, man, like, you're looking pretty good. You lost a lot of weight. And, like, us complimenting him made it, made it you know, apparent that we were seeing the progress. And then to one of his friends who's also a member, um, I remember we were talking about his progress. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's doing great. He's got his confidence back. And I was like, boom, we got it. Like, that's, that's what we yeah. saw, we thought he did. And, like, that's amazing. Yep, yep, 100%. And I think for both athletes, like, athletes, when they come in here, so many athletes like myself at 13 years old, you walk into a gym, you are scared to death of what you're about to encounter. And then once you realize that like you kind of get over that hump of being in a gym and training hard and uh, being able to sprint with athletes that when you walked in, you were so nervous, you're going to be the slowest one, but you're actually competing to win some races. Uh, you realize you're doing your own customized programming that when you're performing strength exercises, the goal week in and week out is to outperform yourself from last week. And if that's happening, confidence improves. Uh, so there's just so many ways and so many things that we do that naturally builds confidence. But secondarily, um, I think our staff, uh, across the board, were really good role models when it comes to having good work ethic, mandating good work ethic of the athletes, but also having fun and being a real person at the same time. Like we, I think we do a really good job of saying like, Hey, get to work. And like at the same time, 30 seconds later, you know, cracking a joke and laughing with the athletes at the same time. So they don't think they're, you know, one in this, you know, militaristic environment for the entire 60 minutes that they're dreading attending every day. But also at the same time, they feel like they're getting like the militaristic <laughs> fitness benefits yeah. of working really hard. <clears throat> yep. You know, and it's, they're almost so much, uh, they seem to come to terms with the hard work so much more if there are these bouts of fun dispersed amidst the session um, when they're here working out, you know? So like, it just makes, it hides the fact that you're like working, working out really hard when you're able to have fun in that training environment. Yeah, um, speaking of that with the athletes, there's been an influx of athletes that have been coming from a little farther away, a little bit of a different demographic than what we're used to um, through some success that we've had with one of our previous athletes. And like the word got out that they were training here and a lot of people wanted to come try it out too. And these kids had such walls up when they first came in. I mean, they were like, you know, we don't want to be your friend. Like they didn't, they just, they weren't saying anything, but their body language told us like, don't joke with me. Don't talk with me. Like, this is just going to be another time where I'm going to get yelled at the whole session. I'm just going to be like criticized what I'm doing wrong. And you kind of sort of saw like, man, I don't know what their home life is or what their training life is, but it's almost seems like all these kids do is just get worked hard and they never get told they're doing a good job. 
Uh, so a couple weeks in or a couple months in for them, some of these kids and the relationships we built have been incredible. Like they come in, they're smiling, they're super confident, they're getting better. We're complimenting them as they get better. We're then, you know, trying to balance that act of like, hey, 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 stop joking around. Like now you're joking around too much with your friends. Um, and they, they seem to be really enjoying it. And like the relationship we built with them has been awesome. So for sure, I mean, those kids have built some serious confidence and then definitely quality of life. Yeah. Um, so on the note, uh, how so how do we do that? We've been talking about athletes a little bit more than adults, I think. But um, let's switch to adults and say, how do we do this with adults? Yep. Yep. You know, we just talked a little bit about the staff and how that plays a part in it. But uh, what else do we do that builds confidence and quality of life? Yeah, and I'll take it back to the assessment for everybody. And we asked a question now only because we've gotten better at be, being aware of the intimidation factor that adults experience when they first walk in. But when, they, when, at, when adults first come in, you could see – for most of them, way more so than the athletes, they are scared to death. They're the fear of being judged, the fear of getting hurt, the fear of this not working, uh, the fear of it being too expensive. All those things factor in, and you almost have to give everybody a ton of credit for walking in the door the first day, because after you talk to them, you realize like, wow, you are really scared to death right now. And I get it, I understand. Um, but like the fact that you showed up means that you've taken probably the hardest step. Going from the comfort of your own home to the discomfort of this environment is a huge step in the right direction. Uh, but it's very similar in that once we, once we take them through the assessment and we take them through an entire training session where they didn't feel any discomfort, um, there was no pain involved, hopefully they didn't throw up <laughs> during that assessment, and then they go through 60 minutes of uh, of exercise and they realize, oh, I could do this. I, I successfully completed a workout session, something that I did not think was going to happen. I thought by the end of this, I was either going to get hurt, uh, I was going to be in significant pain, or I was going to pass out. And none of those things happened. Uh, and to the beauty of the custom customized programs that we're always pushing on this podcast, you know, letting them know that we're going to develop a program based on the results of this assessment today, and you're going to be just fine. And we're going to progress you over time to try to make those micro improvements that equal a very large improvement uh, when this is all said and done after program 1, 2, 10, 20. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of a guy I just had. Um, he wasn't too intimidated by the gym, but there was a, a level of intimidation. You know, you could see it like he wasn't expecting such a big space and like these people in here. Um, seemed like they knew what they were doing, like they're all on their own, like, but realistically we're, we're checking in as trainers on them. But to him, it was like, wow, like these people are like legit, like I'm not ready for this. Mm. Um, so through the assessment process, it was like, look, like the whole goal of today is just figuring out what's perfect for you on the first program. So lo and behold, like deadlifts are not a good exercise for him in the first program, but he killed everything else. So just continually complimenting him on like, hey, cardio capability has been pretty good. Like you said, you've been working out the last two months, like you must've done pretty well. Cause like you did okay on the bike. Uh, most people struggle like the first yeah. two minutes on the bike when they haven't done anything. Yeah. And then um, he was great with squats with like a little coaching, great with pushing, pulling. We got to hip hinging. I'm like, this is probably not going to work. Like it's the only thing you couldn't do. So kind of just gently letting them know, hey, there's other options. And like, this is what we're here for. Like we just found something that's not great for you right now. Yep. Big deal. Yep. Everything else you did was awesome. Yep. Um, so guess what? First program doesn't have kettlebell deadlifts in it. Yep. He's not good at it yet. So he's got glute bridging. Yep. And like that's, that's perfect for him. Whereas two things. In a lot of other training environments, deadlifts are considered a good exercise and you're doing them no matter what. 
Yeah, so exactly. For like starters, they're, they're considered so good that you have yes. to do them no matter what. It's the king of all exercises, yeah. and you can't accomplish fitness without deadlifts. So make sure everyone does them. Um, not taking joint range of motion or coachability or any of those things into consideration that we generally do in an assessment. And then two, isn't it so funny that this these group of insecure adults all combined in a training environment are now like extroverted and like considered professionals by the new introverted yeah. and fearful person that walks in. Where every time that person walks in, I say, when they say like, oh man, all, everyone knows what they're doing. Everybody looks really good. Like, actually, <laughs> you, know, you, knew, you know what yeah. you're saying right now? They said the same thing every time each of them walked in through the door. They thought they were walking into a professional fitness league as well. Uh, but all these group, this group of new people to the gym uh, all put together in one session uh, in like a semi-private training scenario are considered the pro leagues. And then the person walking in feels like the misfit. Uh, but I always, like, I laugh every time they say it because I, I just can't help it. But I'd explain to them why I, I find it so comical that each of these people that walk in say the same thing as the next person that walks in and is equally nervous, insecure, and fearful um, of what they're about to experience. Yeah. Uh, so, so far, we have, um, as far as building confidence and quality of life, we have uh, the assessment process. Um, custom programs. We talked a little bit about staff. We probably need to get back to that later. So what would be next? Like um, we bring somebody through their assessment. We talked about that. We make a custom program for them. We talked about that. And now they're training with us. What happens now as far as facilitating these two things? Yeah. Well, I, I think this is where this is where it gets interesting because regardless of the goal, we're really good at making people get to where they want to go. And for some people, that's you're in your mid-60s and you just want to work out and not be hurt. You want to exercise pain-free. That's your goal. And our goal, if that is your goal, is what we want to make happen. And then there's others. There's you know the early 20-year-old adults that are just leaving college that come in here. And some of them want to improve their squat by 30 pounds. Some of them want to improve their bench press by 20 pounds. Some of them want bigger arms. Some of them want shredded abs. Uh, like we mentioned before, we have a group of bikini competitors that have very high goals when it comes to body composition. They want to be in the elite of the elite from a body composition perspective. Um, so their programs look significantly different than the mid-60-year-old that just wants to train pain-free. And in either scenario, what they said to us and what we've always said to each other in our meetings is that in both of these scenarios, whatever these goals are, they all want to increase their confidence and their quality of life, whether that's with a new personal record on a particular lift or whether that's with the lowest possible body fat to step on stage with or whether that's just being able to exercise and not feel injured or hurt for the first time in a decade. They're all saying the same thing just different roads and different paths of making it happen that we have to facilitate and we have to take them down those individual roads to get them there. But if you look at it globally, it's the same thing. They all want to in improve their quality of life and they all want to increase their confidence. Um, and it's really interesting to see that in different ways of a 70 year old woman working out consistently and saying like, I'm having fun at the gym. That's never happened before. And then, on the complete other end of the spectrum, 
watching a woman step on stage at a bikini show and just watch, watching them light up as they're performing on stage and winning competitions. Like totally different uh, scenarios in both of those. But what they just told me was the same thing. Like, thank you for helping us improve our confidence and quality of life in both of those scenarios, which at the end, at the end of the day, that's, that's our goal. Yeah. That's what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, as you're talking, I was thinking about conversations I've had with people who were into powerlifting, uh, people who were into bodybuilding or bikini shows, uh, female uh, uh, bikini competitors that I've met in the past before being at this gym. And uh, it's, it's crazy, but they didn't have any quality of life. Like their coaching system that they were being or supposed to be being supported by was just wrecking their body. Like there was no um, no mindfulness to the pain that they were feeling. It was like just keep training. You got to get on stage. You got to yep. look a certain like. So guess what happens? You lose that quality of life. You also lose the confidence. Yep. And that's where I met some of these people. Where like they were gaining some confidence. They were getting stronger, but then like pain happened, and their coaches were like, "No, keep going. Like, are you kidding me? Yep. Um, suck it up, whatever." Yep. And then you lose that quality of life. And then you also lose the confidence. Like yep. they definitely go hand in hand. I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. And I, I, it's so interesting is like I'm thinking back to the bikini shows of when this comes out, it'll be a few weeks ago. But there's teams of bodybuilding coaches that they're taking their athletes through this whole process, everything from nutrition to the training. Um, and then here we are just trying to put together a, a good program in a semi-private environment for some of these ladies and they're outperforming some of these people who exclusively do bodybuilding. Um, and like to your point, it's just taking, like have, being able to have a conversation and take these people to their goals and using great training principles, of course, but being able to have a back and forth of what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. You know, there have been hiccups in every single road uh, with all of these women that are doing these bikini competitions. Uh, and I'm interested in knowing more, and I, I, I say this because in high school, I was working in a bodybuilding gym and I saw those potential back and forths go neglected yeah, of a yeah. client, a bodybuilding competitor saying like, hey, this isn't working for me. I hate this version of cardio. Is there something different? No. My shoulder really bothers me. Can we do something besides bench press? No. Like I distinctly remember some of those conversations and like the tough bodybuilding coach saying like, oh no, we do things one way around here and like mm -hmm. that's how it's done because it's worked so well. Yeah, But our strategy is to make it work well for that particular individual. Not that we have one way of doing it. We have one goal to get to. And whatever path we choose to get there is going to be different for every single person. And for us, it has. And we don't have the same strategy for any of those people. In just this one scenario, let's take the bikini competitors, for example. We have different training strategies for each of them. We have a different thought process behind their programming and behind how we treat them psychologically as they are going to be getting close to competing. And the same holds true for members that are 70 and 80. Some of them we have to be a little bit gentler with. Some of them we could be a little bit tougher on. But we treat them all differently within their programs and with our conversation. And I think that's huge for people to know. Like, you, you needed to be treated like the individual that you are as opposed to like, hey, because you're 70, we make you do this workout. You know, we, we have 80-year-olds, we have an 80-year-old <laughs> that outperforms a lot of people in your everyday gym that are 40, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. But then there's sometimes that we're subject to somebody who's 40 and they move like they're 80. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. 
<laughs> and in either scenario, we have to just improve on that particular individual. Their age doesn't matter, but what they present to us, uh, both from a fitness standpoint and what they present to us from like a psychological willingness perspective, both matter a ton. Yeah. I think we can reverse engineer it in those scenarios too. Um, I wanted to bring this up and come back to the staff and knowing that that's our mission statement, being very aware that we want to increase confidence and quality of life in every one of our members. Like we can look at somebody and be like, all right, are we doing that for this person right now? Or no, because like we gave them a certain exercise, program number four, we thought this would be a perfect progression from the last program. This particular exercise, for some reason, I'm thinking of a scenario where we talked about it in one of our meetings, like a, a kneeling side plank. Like for some reason hurts this guy's knee. He had surgery on that knee, so there's some complications. We didn't think it would be that big of a deal. Like kneeling side plank, perfect progression from where he's at. It hurts my knee. All right, so if we tell him keep doing that, are we increasing his confidence and quality of life? Definitely not. Mm -hmm. So we know we need to make a change. So can we make that change on the fly, on the floor? Um, and do we know how to regress that exercise or change the exercise quickly so we can give him the confidence to say that we got him? You know, yeah. like, hey, not a big deal. We thought this would be good for you. It's not that great for you, but guess what? It's a certain movement pattern. We're just gonna keep you in that, right? So kneeling side plank is lateral core. We've talked about this on a previous podcast. So we can give him another lateral core exercise that serves him right now. And then maybe some other day we try kneeling side planks again when he, you know, or maybe we just don't. It doesn't, it's not yeah. really a problem, but we know that either way we gotta do something because we want to get to the confidence and quality of life for this individual. Yep. And having the humility to make the decision for the people to do what's best for them in all these situations is tough. Because any time that you make a decision of what's going to be on a program or a way you're coaching an exercise, when you're told by that member, hey, this isn't working for me, and if when you say, okay, let's change things, you're also saying, like, okay, I made a mistake. And, and we need to make a change because it's what's best for you. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the members always appreciate that. Um, but, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day, uh, in any of these situations where somebody would question what I was doing, it was always hard for me not to say, like, listen, I'm a professional. I've worked really hard to get really good at this, and you should probably just trust my judgment. Um, nowadays, we have a much different approach to those situations of that, you know, people's preferences and biases matter, and they're going to be way different than ours. We're at a the way we think about exercise is so different from a lot of the people that come here and train here that we have to have respect for their thought process, even if we think what we're doing is perfect. And we've made all these amazing scientifically backed decisions of exercise progressions, load selections, sets and rep schemes, durations of exercises. All those things are all on point. But the person says, you know what? I don't even have pain when I do kneeling side plank hip taps. I just hate them like so much that I hate coming to the gym. Like, well, if, if our mission statement is to improve confidence and quality of life and this person doesn't want to attend the gym because of one exercise, you know, okay, could, we, could we question that, you know, like maybe we need to toughen this guy up a little bit and that one exercise is ruining his day, you know, three sets of ten. Uh, or we just say, you know, we can make an adjustment. Let's do this other core exercise that we think is relatively similar, either, you know, slightly regressed or uh, something that, puts you in a slightly different position that you can now um, perform something that we consider similar, but at the same time, you don't hate it, then we all win. And we're okay with that. And we're okay with saying like, you know what, this is probably what's best for you. Um, this is probably what's best for you right now. It's not what we thought was best, but, you know, taking the situation into consideration, we now know that uh, this is probably the best route to go. 
All right, so we got uh, a few things we covered here um, for building confidence and quality of life. The assessment process, the custom programs, uh, being really good at getting people to where they want to go, um, admitting that we potentially made a mistake and need to make a change. Or, or I could just say admitting we need to make a change, which assumes we made a mistake and that we need to take this a different direction to keep getting your confidence and quality of life. Um, we're getting pretty deep into this on time. So what do you want to say about Summer Shred? We're going to take a hard fork in the road here. <laughs> but we do want to talk about confidence and quality of life as it relates to our Summer Shred program. So we yeah. just spent the whole time talking about like our normal product. But we have this Summer Shred coming up, which uh, by the time this gets out, you would have heard about it. So speak real quickly as to what exactly the Summer Shred is. we got about five minutes. Yeah. And then uh, how it's going to build confidence and quality of life in these people rather than your typical challenge that just kind of gets people some results real quick and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going off of the success of the last two turkey trims that we've had. And this is going to be a little bit longer duration. It's going to be more weight loss uh, that we're requiring. Uh, but it's going to come with a with an 85% money-back guarantee if you don't lose the weight. Now, if this is going to be a six-week challenge, we're going, to, we're going to try to get people to do this that want to lose 15 pounds in six weeks. That's two and a half pounds per week. And we're going to have, you're going to have unlimited training access. So you can come to the gym as much as you want, and you could do the burn classes. You could do the semi-private sessions. Uh, you'll get a free personal training session as well. Um, you'll have access to Lauren for a 30-minute team meeting regarding nutrition and probably something along the lines of the nutrition strategies that you're going to want to abide by uh, to be successful in a six-week time frame to lose two and a half pounds per week. Uh, and then from an accountability standpoint, you're going to have a team captain and you're going to have teammates. And that group is there to support each other on their path to having this six-week weight loss um, goal. So that's kind of what that's what it's going to be. And now I think that the biggest thing is historically we've always had this approach where like we're not doing this crazy fat loss challenge where like people have to do some dramatic stuff to lose all this weight. But unfortunately in our industry to get people – to actually walk into the gym and give you the opportunity to change their lives, you have to do something that pops a little bit. So the, the majority of our client accumulation has always been through referrals of people who come here, believe in what we do, and they essentially mandate that their family or friends come. The family or friends come, they do an assessment, they, they do it, they believe in it, they continue. So the summer shred is our attempt to get as many people in here to experience what we do because we think we do it at a very high level. We so, talked earlier about how hard it is to get people in the door the first time, right? Like yes. that's a huge step for most people. And if you were referred, it's probably not as big of a step. But we have a lot of people sitting on the couch right now doing nothing. So what gets them off the couch, you know? Yeah. The yeah. fact that we do assessments, yeah. no, it does not get them off the couch. <laughs> that's something that they're like, oh, really? Like I don't really want to. I just want to lose 15 pounds. Yep, exactly. So like if we can say, hey, come lose 15 pounds with us. Exactly. That might get them off the couch. And then we might have the opportunity to increase their confidence and quality of life through the process and afterwards. Yep, 100%. And now we're, we're considering 15 pounds the moment at which you succeeded, quote unquote, in this six-week challenge. But the whole staff, like we've talked about this as a staff, the goal is to get people to understand that they need to change their lifestyle to succeed in the long term. So regardless of whether you lose the 15 pounds or not, understanding that coming to the gym is now an important piece of your life. And if you could do it for six weeks, maybe now it's a habit and you'll continue to do it even if you've never done it before. Uh, listening to Lauren speak about nutrition 
and maybe becoming a little bit more aware of your caloric intake on a daily basis and having an idea as to what your macronutrients are on a daily basis and how you could potentially manipulate those to succeed in the future. Uh, those are the things that we want people to learn in the, in the long run, that even if you're just here for six weeks, you walked in off the street, you did summer shred, you lost nine pounds instead of 15. Great. You just, you're, you're down nine pounds right before summer. That is fantastic. But did you actually learn something from our training strategies and from our nutrition approach that you can now take into life for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years that will make a huge net benefit for you versus if you had not done it? So we want those six weeks to potentially change your life. Do we want you to lose 15 pounds in six weeks? Absolutely. Do we think you could lose two and a half pounds a week? Yes. Are we going to turn people away that can't? Absolutely. If you don't have 15 pounds to lose, don't do it. It's not for you. If you could lose 15 pounds in six weeks, do it. Learn things. Be a sponge. Absorb what we're doing from the training standpoint. Customize semi-private. Uh, the burn classes. Uh, what, we're, what you're being taught by the nutritionist. Uh, what the team accountability is doing for you. Uh, what your team coach is doing you, which we're going to be educating from the nutritionist to the team captains to keep people accountable in what they should be doing from a calorie, from a macronutrient standpoint, and like what they should be buying at the grocery store. Woo! If you're not excited right now, <laughs> this challenge is not for you. Because I'm excited. That was really that was a great great uh, synopsis of what it's going to be. And we're uh, we're right on time here. That was good. Perfect. All right. And that's it. That's all we got for Episode you today. Episode 16. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace out. Hey everybody, John here again. On the note of Summer Shred, and this is all I'm going to say about it, I'll get to the takeaways in a second. If you're interested in doing that, uh, come ask us if you're one of our members how to get started. If you're not one of our members, visit our website, prepperformance.com. You'll see it right on the homepage. There's a link to Summer Shred, all the details you need, and how to uh, potentially sign up. You're going to have to have a call with us first, which is the first step. So let's get on to takeaways. Uh, this whole episode is really about how we build confidence and quality of life in our members. And remember, part of the point of this podcast is to give you, our Pratt Performance members and people who may not be members of our gym yet, a little bit of insight into like the behind the scenes type of stuff. So today was a lot of behind the scenes of how we sort of run our program and the things that we do to facilitate confidence and quality of life. Takeaway number one is simply, if you're somewhere where you're not getting confidence and quality of life out of your fitness routine, you seriously have to question that routine. Uh, either the person who's giving you the routine or the organization or what you're doing for yourself. So just take a look at that and see if that's getting you confidence and quality of life uh, because you may have certain goals which probably equate to confidence and quality of life. Like if you achieve those goals, you'll probably achieve confidence and quality of life. So if you're not, you gotta go back and figure out why. And if you're really struggling to figure out why, simply give us a call. Our number's on the website. There's a contact us button. Um, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Just give us a call or drop us an email and we'll be happy to walk you through that. Okay, here's takeaway number two. If we are left to our own devices, we are always going to do the things that we like more when it comes to fitness and sacrifice things that we like less, which may actually be helpful to getting you to your goals faster than the things you like to do. I am totally guilty of this myself. For example, uh, just the other day in our Summer Shred video, we had to do side plank hip taps. I hate them. I never do them. I never put them on my exercise routine. And from doing a couple sets of 10 on each side, I was incredibly sore in my obliques. And one of my goals is to have better abs and better obliques and be more lean. So I probably need to do some more side plank hip taps, but I just freaking hate them so much that I never put them in my program. So if left to your own self, you're probably not going to do this. And this is me kind of going back to what James said, that if you absolutely hate something, 
We may not put that exercise in there for you, but if we think it's a really good exercise for you to get you to your goals, that is the skillful Jedi mind that we have to have to try to figure out how much do you really hate this thing or are you just complaining a little bit more than you should and do you need to suck it up for two minutes on the bike? You know, we'll walk that line. The thing we will not is uh, with pain. If we, if you truly have pain in a joint, especially, or a tendon or something, like not the muscular burning sensation of uh, muscle pain while doing an exercise, that's okay. But if you have joint pain, we do not want you to have that while you work out. So that's something that's non-negotiable. But if you just simply don't like it, and we also think it's really good for you, we're going to have to have some serious conversations as to how much of that may be included in your program. And like I said, if it were completely up to you and myself and anybody else here on staff, if we had it all on ourselves and we could pick and choose what we wanted to do most, we may not make it to our goals as quickly as we could by doing some of the things we don't like to do. Okay, everybody, thank you for hanging with us. This has been episode 16. We'll catch you next time in a week at episode 17. 